brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You better get your ass down here quick, Dave. It sounds like there's a damn drumming troop trapped inside Unit 5. The frantic voice belonged to Adam the new security guard that was hired a few weeks ago. I tightened the grip on the receiver and closed my eyes and could feel the onset of a headache. Are you absolutely sure? I asked him, knowing very well what the answer was. Yes, I'm damn sure, Dave. Do you think I would joke about such a thing? This morgue is creepy enough as it is without me making up things like this. I exhaled and could hear the noises he was referring to in the background. It was the sound of desperate, clenched hands hammering on the thin metal walls of the locker units inside the morgue. The locker units were all the dead people were placed after they were brought to us. And apparently, we had another riser on our hands. A person who had been declared dead before arriving at the morgue, but who had somehow woken up after being placed inside one of the industrial-sized units. Okay, okay, I'll be over there right away. Just stay put and don't touch anything at all. I paused for a few moments, then told Adam the most important thing of all. And whatever you do, do not, under any circumstances, open the locker. The silence that followed seemed to go on forever, and I could hear Adam's heavy breathing momentarily stop. Are you kidding me, Dave? I would never in a million years open that thing. I'd rather scale the Empire State Building without a safety harness on a windy day. Now just haul your ass over here ASAP before I start to lose my mind, okay? This was followed by the familiar metallic clink that told me that the conversation was over. I opened my eyes and slowly placed the receiver back in its cradle. Then I took a deep breath and rubbed my face with both hands. I was just going to say don't open the locker if the person starts to talk, that's all. I uttered the words slowly to myself, and even had to admit that it sounded completely nuts. Only, it wasn't. The dead bodies that were stored there, and who started banging on the walls, sometimes tried to start conversations with the security guards. It had happened on several occasions, and most of the times, the guards had followed my instructions and ignored it. But on a handful of occasions, they hadn't and on those occasions. I brushed the thoughts aside and told myself that Adam was no dummy. Besides, he was probably under the table in the office, ready to crap his pants. I walked over to the medical cabinet in the corner and got a vial of potassium chloride and an unused syringe wrapped in a see-through plastic sleeve. 
Then, I got the tranquilizer gun from the bottom drawer under the desk and placed it all in my briefcase. Before I left, I looked at my wristwatch. It was 3.30 in the morning. It was funny how they always woke up during the middle of the night, I thought, as I grabbed my car keys and headed outside. Why don't they ever wake up during the day? The area where the morgue was located was in a heavily industrialized section of the city, and subsequently it was bordering several low socioeconomic areas. That fact was not lost to me as I got out of the car and began walking toward the double doors at the front of the building. On the other side of the road, I could see several homeless people huddled around an oil drum spewing flames out of his base, and a little farther down the street, to the east, I could see two men arguing loudly over some debt that hadn't been repaid. I quickened my pace, got my keycard out, and quickly slipped inside, and wondered where I'd rather be, inside the morgue, or out there in the jungle. The hallway was dimly lit, and I started walking down its tiled floor, past the empty desk where the receptionist sat during normal working hours, but which now was empty. My shoes made loud, hollow clunks every time they hit the green tile, and an eerie echo was created as the sound bounced off the green painted concrete walls. And like on all other previous occasions that had arrived here late at night, I involuntarily shuddered as I thought about all the dead people that were temporarily housed down in the basement. But just as quickly, I reminded myself that the dead people weren't anything to worry about. Well, at least that went for the vast majority of them. I reached the end of the corridor and opened the thick steel door leading down to the morgue and heard the rusty hinges let out a loud wail. A light chill ran down my spine and then I started descending the long narrow staircase. Hopefully everything would run smoothly tonight too and hopefully Adam wasn't freaked out to the point that he wouldn't be able to assist me. When I arrived at the bottom of the staircase, I walked over to the penultimate door, opened it, and stepped inside the morgue. Hello? I called out. Adam, are you in here, buddy? There was no reply. Only the low buzz coming from the two air conditioners up on the wall that were running at full throttle. I frowned and went over to one of the metal tables, where the pathologist performed their autopsies during the day and placed my briefcase on top of it. Maybe Adam had returned to his office and was waiting for me there. It wasn't all that strange, given what he'd just witnessed. So, I turned around to walk back outside and continued to the end of the corridor and opened the last door to the left. But, when I stuck my head through, I saw that the office was empty. I frowned and studied the little room. The wall of monitors behind the desk were all displaying live footage from various parts of the building, and on the desk near the computer keyboard was a half-empty cup of coffee, and next to it a paperback novel. I walked inside and studied the monitors for a few moments, but I couldn't see Adam on any of them. That was odd, I thought, because there was really no other place for the guards to hang out. In fact, they all moaned about how boring it was to be stuck in the office for 10 hours a day. I walked over to the radio, picked up the microphone, and flicked all the switches to the on position, ensuring that my message would be heard in every single room of the building. Adam, I've just arrived, and I'm currently in your office. Could you please make your way over here, so we can do what we have to do? 
I clipped the microphone back on the radio, then parked myself in the swivel chair and studied the monitors. But when I hadn't seen Adam after a minute had passed, I started to worry. Where the hell was the guy? And why didn't he call me back on the phone? I quickly repeated my message, but with the same result. And that's when I started to get really worried. And for the first time, I began thinking about the unthinkable. Had Adam tried to open that locker? I catapulted out of the chair and got up on feet that weren't quite steady and placed a hand over my mouth. And all of a sudden, the feeling that we were going to sort this thing out vanished like water droplets on a hot stove. Then, for the briefest of moments, I looked down at the phone on the desk and wondered if I should call the cops. But of course, I quickly rejected this idea, because what the hell was I going to tell them? That we had a person that had risen from the dead in the morgue and that he should be considered armed and dangerous? I took a deep breath and realized how preposterous the idea was. Of course, I couldn't call them. This was something I had to contend with myself. Then, another thing occurred to me. I had left the briefcase on the table in the morgue. Damn it! I could have really done with that tranquilizer gun now. How could I have been so stupid? That gun should never have left my side. Well, there was nothing I could do about it now. I wiped the sweat from my forehead and psyched myself up for what I had to do next. Reluctantly, I walked over to the door, put my hand on the doorknob, and exhaled slowly. Then, I found myself walking back toward the cursed morgue. And that's when it hit me. There hadn't been any banging coming from the lockers when I first arrived. And that was strange, because when I'd been on the phone with Adam, I'd heard the commotion quite clearly. Hell, how the heck could I have missed that one? I stopped outside the door and opened it a few inches and carefully stuck my head forward and through the gap I could see the briefcase was still on the table where I'd left it. I pulled my head back and momentarily closed my eyes. Thank God. Then I opened my eyes again and stood in the room. There didn't appear to be anyone else in there but that of course didn't mean anything. There were lots of tables and desks to hide behind there were also lots of razor-sharp cutting tools stored in various cabinets that could cause tremendous damage to the human body. But I knew that I had to go in there and check the locker and see for myself what had happened, even though that was the last thing I wanted to do. So, I placed a trembling hand on the door, then counted to three and flung it open. Then, I ran as fast as I could to the table, threw open the lid of the briefcase and snatched the gun, and, as soon as I had it in my hands, I raised it and spun around, covering all angles. I was convinced that someone was running toward me and was about to jump me, but there was no one there. The relief I felt was enormous, and I had to lean forward and steady myself by placing my hand on the table. Thank you, I muttered under my breath as I tried to slow down my runaway pulse. But, I couldn't afford myself the luxury of relaxing and I quickly grabbed one of the darts and loaded the gun. I then took the vial and the syringe and placed them in my pocket. When that was done, I turned around and stared at the units at the far end of the room. That's where I had to be, and that's where I'd find my answers. The sweat was trickling down my forehead and into my eyes now, 
and I wiped it away with the sleeve of my jacket. Then I raised the hand holding the gun and held it out in front of me, index finger on the trigger. I panned it from side to side as I began moving toward the dreaded units. The silence was stifling, and I had an ominous premonition about what I would find there. My entire body was shaking, and it felt like I was trapped in a movie where everything happens in slow motion. My temples were pulsating, and my heart was pounding in my chest like a bass drum, and the drone from the air conditioners on the wall filled my head and prevented me from thinking any coherent thoughts. I kept walking, dragging my feet, and after what seemed like an eternity, I was finally standing in front of Unit 5. I closed my eyes and opened them, and when I lowered my gaze, I could see my hand wrap itself around the thick metal handle of the locker and pull the thing toward me. I gave it a quick pull and stepped aside as the locker slid the rest of the way out. An involuntary gasp escaped my lips, and I aimed the gun at the shape that was lying there under the white sheet. My trigger finger was itching, and I was tempted to discharge the weapon and wait for the sedative to do its work, but I managed to restrain myself. Instead, I took a step forward and carefully grabbed hold of one corner of the sheet with my thumb and index finger. I then took a few more deep breaths and pulled the sheet aside with a hand that was shaking noticeably. Then, I swore loudly and felt my heart sink into my stomach. It was Adam. His dead eyes were looking straight up at the ceiling. His mouth was agape like a fish out of water, and he had a big incision that went from one side of his throat to the other. I stood there looking at him without blinking and didn't notice the tranquilizer gun slipping out of my hand and hitting the floor. Ten minutes later, and I was back in the office, rewinding the video footage from the morgue, and, as I had expected, the guy inside the unit must have started the talk. At first, Adam had walked over to the locker and shouted something. He had then used the flat of his fist and slammed it against the front panel. But then, a few minutes later, Adam had done the unthinkable. He had, for some inexplicable reason, opened the locker and before he was all the way out, a hand had grabbed him by the lapel, and another had slit his throat with what I assumed was a scalpel. I turned away from the screen when it happened, and fast-forwarded the rest of the footage before deleting it. There was no way that anyone could be allowed to see this. I couldn't let them see how a dead man inside one of those lockers had killed a security guard, taken his clothes, and then placed him where he himself had been only minutes earlier, nor could anyone be allowed to see how the supposedly dead person, who was now dressed in a security uniform that was slightly too big for him, walk out of the building and disappear into the night. I returned to the morgue and the locker where Adam was lying. Then I quickly closed his eyes and mouth before rigor mortis made that an impossibility. After that was taken care of, I sat down with the paperwork and made the necessary changes. No one would ever find out about this incident, nor the fact that dead people woke up ten times per year in one of the biggest morgues in the city, nor would they ever find out that we tranquilized these risers, then injected them with potassium chloride to put them back to sleep again to avoid any uncomfortable questions. Every now and again, one or two would get away, but who would believe their stories?
and were these individuals even willing to share them with others? No one had come forward so far, and I hoped that wouldn't change. Then I put the file back in the filing cabinet and closed the door behind me. It was time to hit the nearest bar and calm my nerves with some much needed alcohol. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.